everyone and welcome to another episode of Behind the Mic. This is a Vent music podcast series hosted by me, Freddie Cocker, and presented to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas, and start conversations. In each episode of Behind the Mic, I check in with artists across different music scenes in the UK and beyond. We talk all about their musical journeys, their artistry, and most importantly, the person behind the mic. Just over four years ago, I briefly dated a wonderful Norwegian woman who introduced me to the world of Norwegian music. This included genres like R&B, pop and hip-hop. My entry point was artists like, and um, apologies to all my Norwegian listeners, I'm probably going to butcher a few of these names, Arif, Unger Ferrari, Kjartan Lauritsen and Karpe, and eventually I was listening to Afropop artists like Ice, Issa, Dutty Dior and Eddie and Zeno, right through to R&B artists like Nat Nail, Jonathan Floyd, Jesper Jensen, and then indie bands like Regnever and Toffel. After many years of emails and DMs to no avail, in this episode I am delighted to be checking in with my first Norwegian artist, Severin. Severin got into music through discovering UK rock band Royal Blood, of all people, Royal Blood are also a band who have had a bit of controversy in recent months if you've been following them. After being in bands and performing in English for a few years, Severin realised it wasn't authentic to him as an artist and he began singing, writing and producing in his native Norwegian and carved out his own path as a solo artist. In this episode we chart his music journey from singing in English to Norwegian and evolving from a rock sound into the R&B and pop sound he makes today as well as his ambitions for the future. For industry issues, we discuss how his artist streaming numbers affect his mental health and comparison culture. Norway is a country of introverts, as I found out when I visited Oslo to see some cousins for the first time in March 2023. And for Severin's mental health, we discuss a shyness he had as a child and how it impacted his mental health and how music was the vehicle to help him overcome it. So get yourself comfy and have a listen as I go behind the mic with Severin. Severin, welcome to Behind the Mic. Thank you so much for coming on letting me check in with you all the way from Oslo. I am so excited to give you a platform and be the first Norwegian artist on the pod after many, many years of failed DMs and emails. So hopefully (laughs) the first of many. I'm going to do my best Norwegian accent now to ask how are you. So I'm going to go, Vården er tuda. Tusen takk, gjør det bra. Thank you. Bra, takk. The Norwegian scene has put out some of the best, in my opinion, the most exciting music in the world in the last five years, mate. And I'm really excited to give you a platform because you're putting out loads of really exciting stuff right now. So without further delay, are you ready to start the show? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's start your Behind the Mic episode, mate, by talking about your music journey. So I ask all my special guests on this series this question first. Just tell me and the listeners how your love affair with music began. Who were some of the artists you listened to when you were growing up? And when did you first start singing or playing instruments? Yeah, so the whole music journey started when I got my first electric guitar for Christmas from my dad uh, in like... 
2011, I think. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> Such a Norwegian response. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> but anyway, I learned to play and I fell in love with writing my own riffs after discovering the band Royal Blood. Been a bit of controversy recently with yeah. Royal Blood in the UK. <laughs> but still, they were my idols and uh, are the reason why I wanted to play guitar and start a band and eventually become a solo artist as I am today. Was that From there, mate, you then went down a very traditional rock route. You're now in a very R&B, <laughs> pop, that sort of scene. So just tell me about this early period when you were in this rock scene and a very short-lived band called Mean Dream, I believe you did for a yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mean Dream. That's my first band. And we gave out a little EP on Spotify called uh, Maniac. Is it still uh, there? Yeah, it's still there. Oh, wow. Listeners, so, go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We just had a lot of fun writing our own songs and performing it and uh, got some gigs on uh, local bars or pubs. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a little over one year before quit okay our separate and ways when it came to an end and you continued writing english you turned more to an acoustic vibe so yeah were, were you straight aiming to on be, my uh, acoustic guitar <laughs> were you aiming to be norway's answer to ed sheeran <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i tried not <laughs> but yeah it was acoustic guitar it was very popish you know i love uh call play like that was a big influence i guess not very much Ed Sheeran, but uh, yeah, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> you told me off air that when you started writing English for a certain period of time, you felt that it wasn't being authentic to yourself or true to yourself. So when did you come to that decision that the solution was switching to Norwegian? It was like three songs that I published in English. After that, I was like, yeah, where do we go from here? Is this really me? I have so much emotions in my head and in my entire body, like I want to express it. And um, it's no better way to do it in your first language, mm. your mother Native language. Native tongue, yeah. yeah. And uh, with the dialect I have, it becomes even more unique, you can say. Mm. So Just for the listeners, so... your dialect is different to say traditional Norwegian, which I guess would be hard for them to understand, but just give them an insight into what that's like. Yeah, it's like I come from a very tiny island called uh, Gossen. Uh, Everywhere's small in Norway, mate. Oslo's only got 750,000 people. My London borough's <laughs> got 250. It's big for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, a tiny island from like way far away yeah. from everyone else. <laughs> like you have to take a ferry. Oh, uh, wow. 10 minutes to the city mm -hmm. or like 30 minutes away from the city, then drive to the city. Uh, wow yeah so very secluded yeah yeah what was that like growing up did you feel quite isolated or did it feel really local no, no. community vibe or growing up it was great i want my kids to grow up there yeah absolutely so it's a beautiful place but far away from everyone mm. else when it comes to the dialects as well you said that for anyone who's never been to norway regular norwegian is pretty hard to master in, in yeah. itself and enunciate. <laughs> did that help or hinder the way you wrote songs so for example did it make you more unique or were you anxious people wouldn't understand you as much i was anxious in the beginning because my first ep in norwegian or like my first songs in norwegian was on the um bookmall that's what the balsa is singing in and okay all. like that's the listeners the... balsa are a very big party rap artist 
in frap more, rap, as frap you call rap, it. Frap rap, as I said. Off there, yeah, <laughs> it's probably a very offensive term for them if they listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was very anxious, and mm. I, I intended to say rap now, but uh, <laughs> sing in uh, bookmall. I don't know the English word for that. Like everyone in Norway understand that type of dialect. Like, like that's our okay native. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a traditional dialect, and then there's a, a yeah. more niche dialect, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I have a very Got niche you. dialect. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't take more than that first Norwegian project to just come on. Mm. I don't talk like this, so let's just do it as yeah. I say it. You know, let's right, just definitely. write like I say it. Yeah. And after my first song in my dialect called "Etat," ever since it has uh, just felt nice, natural. Like, yeah, natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about you as an artist in depth now, mate. So, how would you describe your sound for the listeners who haven't heard of you? I feel like it's in the eighties, mm-hmm. but in a modern way, very catchy. Definitely, and it reminds you of the weekend and maybe some early aha, and sometimes a bit like a bit more rock and roll energy. Mm-hmm. behind it i always ask my special guests on behind the mic sev to talk about the reality of being an artist that their mm. fans or their friends or even their family might not see so this can come from things like work-life balance or just managing social life what can you tell me about this from your experience and how does it affect your mental health i did graduate uh, recently and uh, after that you hit like a wow Welcome to life. Like, <laughs> get your money, pay your rents. <laughs> yeah, work out what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, you become a little bit scared. I feel that, at least. But uh, I've been searching for jobs, like, yeah, to pay my uh, bills and all mm-hmm. that. But still focus on music, because that's always going to be the number one thing I dream of living off. So far, it's been a wonderful journey. I'm not like the... Uh, top 10 artist in uh, Yet. the country or Yet. anything. Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I will achieve that if I just believe enough. Love yeah. that, man. Love that work ethic. Let's talk about live performance now. So can you just tell me about your first ever live performance as Severin with this new sound, this new genre that you're putting out? So where was it? How did it go? And just tell me about the process. So like what nerves or anxiety did you have before it? How did you feel during it? And that rush afterwards? Yeah, great question. My first gig was in uh, Gamla here in mm-hmm. Oslo. I know what that club is. <laughs> yeah, you know it. You've been yeah, there. Yeah. I've not been there. I went oh. past it. I was told it wasn't the vibe for me by someone in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> the club I was going to. But yeah, it was in Gamla. And uh, oh my God, the nurse before the show, it was crazy. I don't know. I can't really describe the feeling in words. It's a really bizarre feeling. But what called me down was hearing the crowd singing batot like the hook before i even was on stage and that was like so emotionally uh, beautiful Mm, like an affirmation yeah like love that man i was on the backstage and it's like a wall-to-wall like there on the other side and hearing that was like damn i'm going there on like 10 minutes on the stage performing exactly that song and they know every word vulcan arena next (laughs) yeah let's go (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. And the rush while performing, oh my God, that's what I do it for. Performing, that rush you get almost addicting. 
I always ask my special guest as well, Sev, about a bad performance or a mistake that they've made in a set. Mm. And most importantly, what you learned from it and what my listeners can learn from it too. So is there any story that you feel comfortable sharing and what did you learn from it too? Yeah, I've dealt with technical issues in a song. Like mm-hmm. suddenly everything just silent. And uh, you have to just wait and just, you know, interact with the fans like that it's going to be okay and mm. like just chat and uh, ask how we're doing like yeah <laughs> there's a Try phrase in England where we say fake it till you make it yeah that's yeah. that's the situation and i also have felt while singing <laughs> like tripped <laughs> and it's a song called fall for there which means falling for you mm-hmm. oh <laughs> so, you literally did it so when i su- <laughs> when i sang fall for there <laughs> I fall for you. Also, yeah, they must have really thought, wow, falling. you're really taking this song literally. <laughs> yeah, they, was, they were like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I remember hearing the crowd like, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, straight away, I just got up and sang along and just fake it till you make it. Yeah, fake it till you make it. Something like that. And on the other side, mate, you might have already answered this question, but what has been the best show you've ever done? And how did that affect your professional self-worth and also your general mental health? Mm. I think it actually was that concert I just talked about yep. where I fell and I have technical difficulties. Oh, that was the best one. Oh, that wow. That was the best one and the most recent one. But yeah, just because all those things happened, but the energy from the crowd and from the band and from me, everything just felt so natural and yeah comfortable it was like just hanging out with friends and partying really Uh, and this was in uh, Molde which is uh, the city I live Olegona Solskjaer's home yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) one of the most famous Norwegians (laughs) yeah I know many people there and many people who I know Mm. came to the concert it was your network yeah yeah yeah, yeah, basically so maybe that had a big part in it Mm. really but yeah still making like all these fails and still just having fun and Mm. like it doesn't matter people show up to your shows anyway don't overthink anything anything can happen and it still goes all right because uh yeah people believe in you when you're on stage mate what does that do for your mental health how do you feel when you're in it and what does it provide for your mental health it's like a reminder why you keep doing this why you're making songs and telling stories that other people connect with like that is just such a yeah emotional feeling damn my stories my life you can relate to that they resonate yeah mm-hmm. and there's no better thing than see people sing your stories as i found out when i went to oslo in march of 2023 it is a nation of introverts shall we say so i was yeah. I was trying, I was working on my accent. I was spending a lot of time learning all these phrases that I ended up butchering quite a lot. So that taught me a lot. Of, that taught me a lot because normally I'm very good with voices and accents and I ended up trying to go up to people I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be really brave and I'm going to ask people like, oh, and then quickly realizing that they didn't really want to talk to me. So I just quickly switched to English, asked them what to do and then I would fuck off very quickly. So <laughs> when you are a nation of very nice people, but introverted people how did you develop that stage persona and how you are on stage did it take you perhaps longer than it might would say an artist from another country like brazil where everyone's an extrovert oh man that's such a good question because yeah everyone's an introvert i feel Mm. 
but me especially I was very shy growing up and yeah when I was 18 still shy but kind of working on it and mm. when I found out that I was performing you just have to shut that feeling down just throw that shy guy away and just be like what's the word like become a different person or become a new person on stage or yeah you just have to be uh, the bold. entertainer like yeah, you be have bold. to be yeah. yeah i don't know i just did that on gamla and of course there was moments where i was like okay like okay come on <laughs> gene yourself on basically yeah yeah i don't know you just have to keep doing that because mm. you can't just be silent and just mm. don't do anything we both have a mutual love of norwegian music mate there's many artists that i quoted in the intro i'm not going to quote them all again here so what inspiration do you take from other artists in the scene and hopefully maybe very soon a lot of artists coming up will take inspiration from you i really love the simplicity of different songs it's so minimalistic and so few elements but it's all about the small details mm -hmm. in the production and maybe ad-libs in the vocals or just a good simple hook yes and uh, a vocal and i always always when i write songs i sing them to myself and think is this easy for people to sing along to like i always want that that is easy to sing along to mm. and you um, want the feedback I want yeah. the feedback, yeah. Yeah. And write this line first and then the second line, it's really easy for them to understand, to sing along. I always think that how it's going to be alive. And for my listeners, if there was one artist that perhaps you take the most inspiration or most benefit from for your own music or just maybe your general listening habit, mm -hmm. what would that be? The Weeknd, always mm -hmm. a big uh, inspiration. And uh, uh -huh, aha. Okay. And, what, about, uh, what about Norwegian? Any of oh, that was yeah. the question. Okay. No, no, well, both, but yeah. <laughs> for for a Norwegian artist, it's got to be uh, Stig Brenner. Love Stig Brenner. That yeah. album, mate. Oh, that album is so good. When I send that to people, I go, this is beer bongs and Bentleys, but in Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Yeah, Stig Brenner, Jonathan Floyd, great artist. Out of producing, because you've got your own studio, songwriting, mm. playing instruments or singing... <laughs> Which one has the biggest impact on your mental health? Uh, songwriting. Okay. Why is that? Because I have my guitar and I just play something and I just sing something like mumbling. And then suddenly it comes like a melody I really like. And it really just calls me down when I get to write what I'm feeling mm. and just get it out on mm -hmm. paper. It's very and cathartic for you. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Then just bring it to the studio the next day and try to produce over it. You said something interesting that you said it calms you down. And there's a phrase in England, which is related to mental health, which we call grounding, whereby you think about something that you can smell or you hear or you can touch, and it helps physically calm you down if you're in a state of panic or distress. Is that something that happens to you with music too? It physically calms you down when you're writing music? I would say that, yes. Yeah. I can have a lot of anxiety. And songwriting really helps with that. Mm. It's just like, uh, it's going to be okay feeling. <laughs> soothing, soothing. Yeah, soothing, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to music industry issues, mate, the first one you wanted to talk about is streaming and streaming numbers and comparison culture. So how do these two affect your mental health when you're looking at things like Spotify and your listener numbers and then comparing yourself to other artists? 
The thing with checking the streaming numbers, we have a app called uh, Spotify for Artists. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that almost every artist is like checking their streams. How I'm doing? Oh, I'll do it for I'm podcast, down. mate. <laughs> yeah, the monthly listeners. Oh, they're going down. Oh, there's no one listening to me right now. And like everything. And uh, you just, it's so easy to compare yourself to everybody else. And especially in this country where Norwegian music is so popular mm. and trendy. Yeah, I don't know. And have you developed any positive tools to manage this? So like help you not concentrate on streaming numbers as much or when you do get tempted to do it, you use something or you do something to help you not think about it? I used to think where I am, like... Your journey. Yeah. Remember where you are right now and uh, what you have achieved. You have all these followers. You have to remember how... I think I have a little bit over... 500 followers and you have to remember how many people that actually is in a room yes engaged followers as well which is really yeah. key so i give this example a lot where i could have a guest sev who has twenty-five thousand followers on twitter or instagram but then the listener numbers when they come on it's like 50 listens whereas i can have yeah. someone who's a mate who's got 200 followers and they'll get 300 listens or possibly more so it's all about engaged followers like you said yeah, and it's also your job to keep your music and your profile and your Spotify engaging. Keep releasing music and keep staying active on Instagram and engage with your fans. Let's reflect on this music journey, Sev. So going along it, you've got a long way to go, but you've already done a great deal. What have you learned about yourself? <sighs> That's a good question. That's a <laughs> lot for me to answer in English, but I try. Like, that I'm maybe not that shy person that I was all along. I have had all this energy and uh, words that I want to say for so long. Yeah, it's finally happening. I'm doing this. Yeah, I think I have discovered a whole new side of myself through music and this journey. Like, who I really am and what I really stand for and what people I really admire. And, and what you can be, potentially. Yeah. 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 Are you proud of yourself for that? Yeah, I would say that. I would say it. You're still a very young artist, Sev. So what do you hope to achieve in the future? Have you got goals that you've written out that you want to achieve or ambitions or things you want to do? Like the ultimate goal, like here in Norway? Well, my ultimate goal, <coughs> if you've got four or five goals, if you've got little things that you want to achieve, whatever you want. I really want to have my own concert, Oslo Spectrum and Telenor Arena. I, that's, I think... Is the biggest stages and uh, yeah here in Norway to have your own concert there. I think it would be yeah. What about a UK show? That would be crazy. <laughs> Can you arrange that? that? I'll do my best, mate. I'll do my best. If Thank I can you. Fly Thank you me. over. I'll do my best. <laughs> Put on my own shows. Maybe in the future. Who knows? Damn. Let's go. We've talked all about your music journey and severing the artist. Let's go behind the mic and talk about your own mental health journey, Sev. So I ask all my special guests this question on this topic as well. Can you take me back to your early life, your childhood, your teenage years? And looking back, were there any early mental health experiences? Who's the severing we meet here? Like uh, previously said, very shy guy. Like really shy. I just wouldn't say that much. Even with my friends, like, I had to become, like, really close with someone to really, open you know, up. get, yeah, yeah, open up. Yeah. And uh, about my humor and my 
interests and uh, you're a funny guy man <laughs> thank you're you a really funny guy one of the funniest people in norway i've met <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in my childhood it was very different to express i really felt when i was hanging out with my friends i had friends and we had much fun in uh, breaks yeah, yeah and i could have a bad day like mentally or just i don't know i think i had anxiety like a bit early for my age and that was like really weird and sad but like something i managed to push away okay and just be silent about it when you say push away do you mean like push away in a bad way or do you mean like push it away so you could therefore make friends and have a positive school life yeah just in a way that i didn't have to talk about it suppress it yeah, yeah. and uh, now i'm like in uh, maybe 15 16 yeah i was really good at just suppressing it man and just caring for other people and their problems but never mm. taking time mm. to tell them about mine mm. focus on yourself and get yourself better yeah. yeah when you spoke there about anxiety pal what did the anxiety manifest in was it say an anxiety about making friends was it an anxiety about your schoolwork how did it take shape what parts of life did it affect you in very much in making new friends mm-hmm. oh what's the word like you have people judging you or the yeah, reaction judging before they know you what's that called yes prejudging you basically okay yeah <laughs> we have a word for that in uh, norwegian but uh, yeah that that thing <laughs> it's, it's probably 15 syllables well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was mostly that okay honestly yeah so it was like a fear that they would judge you before they knew you so therefore you would make yourself maybe more quieter in case they in your head they would have a bad reaction so you just so you would like stop them from having that reaction maybe before they yeah. even met you because people could ask me like why are you so silent all the time like yeah and Norwegian people are blunt. They will ask you that. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> and I was would just be like, I don't know. I just, I am. I just, mm. I don't know. And that was it. And then we can just roll along like mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. When you've started writing about this, mate, you've obviously spoken about how music's been this vehicle to express yourself. Yeah. But how did your friends react when they've heard your music, maybe for the first time? And the things that you were writing about, were they surprised? Has it improved your relationship with them many were surprised yeah especially like obviously the mean dream stuff was the first thing i ever put out and um like uh all my friends were like yeah rock and roll like <laughs> cool but when i started with the pop solo artist stuff then they were like wow i didn't expect this this song this is my in my playlist and uh i don't know that was like from people that I didn't really uh, speak with mm-hmm. often, but uh, knew. And, Acquaintances, uh, we would say, in the English phrase. What does that mean? So like friends that you're not really close with, but you'll chat to them if you see them. And, yeah. You know, yeah. A lot of those would, uh, <laughs> <laughs> would come and just be like, great music, man. I didn't know you could do this. <laughs> like, I never knew you like that. You didn't say anything yeah. in school. Was that nice to get that validation and feedback? Yeah, it was nice, honestly. Yeah. I felt like, now you know me, like, mm. in a way, more. Where do you think you'd be without music and this ability to share your story and your feelings in a way you would probably have not been able to do, perhaps in normal conversation previously? I would be maybe a cameraman <laughs> or editing. 
wait a minute <laughs> or editing like videos and stuff because when i went to high school i studied media and communication because i had this big interest in just editing videos and making content and uh, yeah filming stuff and having fun with my friends making like sketches yeah stuff yeah. youtube videos sketches yeah, and stuff YouTube like that videos, yeah yeah, yeah I did, we, did, we did that a lot back in the day when i was in school as well we've come now to the point where we can basically just chat some shit about Norway because... Um, <laughs> about we, Norway. We, about Norway. No, no, when I say chat some shit, I don't mean bad shit. I just mean the phrase in English is just chat some shit. It just means chat some shit. Yeah, nonsense. I understand. When it comes to your experience of the country itself, like how much potential do you think the Norwegian music scene has to like break through to other parts of the world? Because I say this as something like reggaeton, Spanish trap yeah. is global now. Billions of people listen to it. And that's largely because loads of people across the world speak Spanish. But I find like there's a really untapped potential here because yes, people won't be able to understand what the artists are saying in Norwegian, but like the music production, the hooks, the lyricism, like it's unbelievable. So how much potential do you think it has for perhaps the English phrase would use is crossover? I noticed like artists on their Spotify, like writing in English, my new song is out now and stuff. I think more artists are like thinking like you did and just, yeah, it has a lot of potential. We have a lot of catchy melodies here in mm-hmm. Norway and um, very good party uh, fret rap music yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it's easy to engage with, even mm. if you don't know the words. But yeah, in the early days with Steve Brenner, like he had tours in Sweden and Denmark and stuff and... He was like one of the first, I feel like, singing on Norwegian and go to other countries. Now, it's Sweden and Denmark. It's not that different. Yeah, that, that would be language. less of a challenge than, yeah. Than, yeah, than the UK or Germany. But like, I feel like if he went to the UK with his songs, like the Beerbong, uh, Beerbongs yeah. and Bentleys album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be. I think people would vibe to it, you know? Yeah. There's also a lot of artists. I think Zara Larsson is Norwegian. I'm right in saying. Is she Norwegian? Or she, she is Swedish? Uh, Swedish. Okay. So there's a lot of Nordic artists, shall we say, who yeah, sing in English. And then, yeah. Uh, I remember, you might be too young for this, but Alphabet were really big back in the day. I've heard of them. Of them. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were Norwegian or Danish, actually, but they were great. Like They were, they were really big in the UK for a couple of years, like maybe three or four years. So where do you see... The potential for yourself like would you ever consider writing a english song again just to like experiment are you purely going to stick to norwegian stuff like where do you see that going i have thought about it should i try english one more time but like for this project where i am now the sabrine project i don't feel like it okay. yet but i always have this i want to start a band <laughs> feeling ever since been dream because mm. That's where it started and I miss playing with my electric guitar and just mm. rock on stage. So I will definitely try to do that. Yeah. And when it comes to working with other artists, have you got any kind of like goals or ambitions to maybe do like a feature on like another artist that you're friends with or do more collaborative work in the future to try and kind of like expose each other's music to get out there on, on that level? It would be amazing to have a feature with uh, Steve Brenner. Oh, like he's the amazing. he's the one of the first Norwegian artists. I think he is the first Norwegian artist that I listened to and I vibe with and just wanted to do the same thing. Mm. Yeah, his producer tag is is great. It's like stick Breno. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Man. I love it. When I 
went to Oslo, I, I quickly found out a lot of things about Norway and a lot of great things about Norway. I ended up going solo clubbing for the first time because Damn. I went on my own to visit some family. And I went to a Norwegian jazz club, some of the Norwegian listeners might know, called I think it's called Heer Nilsen, H-I-E-R, and then it's like N-I-E-L-S-E-N. Yeah, I, yeah? I think I heard it. Yeah, it's a jazz it. club. It was very good. The guy yeah. was singing like a little bit like Michael Bublé, the band. I think I paid like £17 or something. It was, yeah. it was worth it. It was very nice. It was a very sit down. I was making like a lot of noise and I think I was making like more noise than the whole of the Norwegian crowd. <laughs> so, the, so the lead singer was like, yeah, it's a great reaction. We're, we're so pleased to be. I was like, oh, it's probably just me going, woo, <laughs> more songs. <laughs> and then I went to a club that was recommended to me by my cousin called, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Hornslag. Yeah. Yeah. I played Sick. there. You played there. How was it yeah. for you? It was. When uh... did you play, by the way? Because it's very like. It's like, I yeah, it's it like, like a Shoreditch club. You have a DJ booth yeah. and like a tiny, tiny stage tiny in stage. front of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was standing there and just vibing <laughs> with people. I was going to say, when you told me you were playing there after having gone there, because for me, it felt very much like in England, we have a place in, in London called Shoreditch, which is like a lot of R&B and sort of hip hop clubs. And that felt very much like the vibe. I went in there expecting to hear like Stig Brennan. It was just like 50 Cent and like like American hip hop. I was like, what? I wanted to hear Norwegian stuff. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I came here to hear Norwegian stuff. Why am I hearing US and UK rap? I was in the, this is a very funny story. So I was in the queue and I was like, oh, let me just try and chat some people. Like chatted to a couple of lads in front of me. And then there was a girl next to me. And what I quickly discovered about Norway is the women in Norway are very, very tall. <laughs> They're very, very, very tall. And I am five foot 10. So this woman is like unbelievably attractive. And she must have been 6'3", but she looked like Wonder Woman. So <laughs> have you ever seen the film Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah. Do you know Fix-It Felix when he's like falls in love with Sergeant Calhoun and she's really tall? Is, is that <laughs> That's how, how I you felt? I was like this. Um, uh, hello. It's like a little English. <laughs> you talked to her? I did. And then she started talking to me. And then she was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to another club now. I was like, oh, okay. See you later. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, oh, so close, <laughs> so close to buying you a drink with my with my ten pounds for a drink in Norway. But yeah, it's good. It was good fun, man. It was good fun. What clubs do you? Because you live in Oslo. What clubs do you enjoy going to and bars and stuff? Honslag is great, mm -hmm. and um, Gamla, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard mixed reviews from Gamla. <laughs> yeah, you will because every time you go there, there's like a whole set of different people, like different oh, wow. vibes. Okay. Like yeah, it could be everything. You never know. <laughs> And that's that's quite it's like uh, a lottery. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a pub called Brun Larsen, and that's very like if you want it more chill. Yeah, yeah. sit down and just have a beer and talk with you uh, with mm. your friends. It's a pub called Henry and Sally's. Right. Where my uh, is it like Irish? I think I might have walked past. Yeah. It and I was like, why do I want to go to an Irish pub in Norway? If they <laughs> only sell like sour beers and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's Irish. Yeah, yeah I think I walked past it and I was like. I would feel like a really stereotypical English person if I went to an Irish yeah. pub whilst I'm in Norway. <laughs> it's yeah. like when you go to Spain, there's all this English sports bars. It's like, why would I go there? I'm in Spain. But there you go. <laughs> Just quickly as well, when it comes to Oslo, it's a very sparsely populated city, as I very much found out. If you've gone to other places in the world, do you feel quite overwhelmed by the amount of people that are there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I got that impression from my cousins. They were like, yeah, we want to go to England, but it's very busy. London is so busy. I feel like it would overwhelm them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know. Do you think it's that introversion thing again? Maybe. Yeah. 
Okay, interesting. I was trying to like absorb all of the culture, like yeah. when I was there, and like different intonations and quirks that people have. There was a big event. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a, I don't know if it was cross country, but it was like a big event up in the Oslo mountains. And it was just like all the skiers and they were doing like shooting and cross country skiing and stuff. It was like massive. Okay. I can't remember what it was called though. But you guys love that. Yeah, skiing and stuff. Yeah. yeah shooting yeah. and skiing. Yeah, shooting and skiing. That's your main sports. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reflect on your mental health journey now, Sev. So similar question to the last one with music. What I love that, has... you, that you call me Sev. It's a nickname, man. That was my nickname in uh, in school. Oh, okay. I well, love that. So I'm all about nicknames. 99% of people call me Fred. So I'm a very nicknameable person. All right. So um, yeah, yeah, everyone, like my name is very nicknameable in England. There's loads of different variations people have for my name. Yeah. So yeah, I end up nicknaming everyone that I see after I've met them for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as a final question, before we move on to our mental health chat, mate, if you could go back and talk to the Severin as a child who was really shy and struggling with that, the Severin in Mean Dream, wondering if <laughs> rock music was the right route for him, or the Severin who was just starting out his solo career on his own, making R&B bangers, what would you say to him that would have helped him knowing what you do now? Don't be so afraid of what everybody else thinks, what you want to do, what you want to make, and yeah, Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Our final topic of conversation, Sev, and it's one I try and have with all of my special guests, if we have time. It is a general chat about our mental health. So firstly, how is your mental health, mate? Right now, it's great. Excellent. On a scale of one to ten? Maybe nine. Oh, love that. Love Maybe that. eight. Like yeah, love eight, no, let's, nine. Go nine. let's go nine. Yeah, let's nine. go nine. What age were you, mate, when you became self-aware of your mental health and you realized that the feelings you were having weren't physical and they were actually in your mind? Yeah, maybe like 15, 16, maybe earlier, but I don't remember. Okay. And was it a gradual process or was it something that came to you instantly? It felt instantly. Okay. It was really weird. Just like so conscious over my own thoughts and mm. uh, problems and uh, anxiety and it was like what the fuck stop <laughs> go away but yeah <laughs> oh so it gets like that man it gets like yeah that. <laughs> what things do you find in life mate that trigger your mental health so it could be things people say to you it could be a particular sound it could be being in a particular environment or have you not figured all of them out yet haven't figured okay like uh, short answered but maybe songs actually like okay because some songs create memories good and bad i would say that can trigger it and mm -hmm. uh, maybe what people say a okay. certain sentence or yeah how they react know. to you or if they prejudge you like you said in childhood yeah yeah or like yeah. a brick or or like a bad look for the listeners you were pointing at your eyes so a glance there's a, there's a, Oh, weird. a glance. Yes, yeah, like glance. a bad glance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, Yeah. yeah. In, in, in England, the, the term would be screw-facing you. That's a Screw-facing me, yeah. yeah. Someone's screw-facing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they would fucking screw-facing me, yeah, I don't, yeah, 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 you know. Giving you daggers as well, that's yeah. yeah. Stop giving me the daggers, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it, mate, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> Can you remember the first conversation you had with someone about your mental health? So who was it with? 
what did you say and how did you feel afterwards? Did it feel like this massive moment and this big weight had been lifted off your shoulders or did it feel like something very easy to do? Yeah, I remember it was with my mom and my dad and it was, oh my God, I cried like it just came out, started bawling because they were so supportive. Why wouldn't they be? They will always be there for me and uh, just getting that out there. Yeah. 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 That was just something else, man. Oh, and it was that, with something that I really struggled with uh, for mm. several months. Yeah. That oh, was beautiful. Uh, what positive tools then do you use to help your mental health on a daily basis? So which ones have you found that work for you? Maybe which ones that you've tried but haven't worked? Try to just don't be on your phone all the time because you end up like just looking at everybody else and anything else and just come over stupid things that don't really matter and you shouldn't be taking your time on. And yeah, just try to do your day how you want it. Yeah, it's a good one, man. If there was a phrase or a quote or mantra in life that summed up your mental health, what would it be and why? <laughs> this is probably the hardest one considering English is your second language. Everything's going to be okay. Love that. That's good enough. <laughs> That's good enough. I've got two questions left, mate. The first one is, what do you love about yourself? Mm, what I love about myself? Um, that I don't quit what I want to achieve. The dream. Where I want to go. I will never quit until I make it. That's just my vision. Like, this is the number one thing I want to do in life. And I have all these years to achieve it. And as a final question, mate, this is another broad one, so you can answer it any way you want. What more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds, all nationalities, feel comfortable and safe in talking about their mental health issues or just talking about their general mental health if they want to do it? Maybe just be more, because I feel like we guys don't really just, how's your day been? How are you doing? Like that question, we don't do that often Yeah, enough. I feel we don't like. check in as much. Yeah, that can always be like a starting point to reach that like, mm -hmm. how are you really feeling? I know this because we it, can. We would call that the ask twice rule in England. Yeah. You ask once and then you ask again and you normally find out what someone's feeling on the second time. Start asking twice. Yes. <laughs> Sev, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so pleased we got this done and you've come on behind the mic and Thank just you. checking in podcast. Talk to me, pal. Thank you so much, Fred. It's been wonderful and uh, so much fun. Thank you. Well, that's all we've got time for in this episode of Behind the Mic. I want to say a big thank you to Severin for being my special guest on this episode and for letting me go behind the mic with him. My favourite song of Severin's, and again, I'll probably butcher this, Rhythm Me A Bitter will play us out and I'll put all of his streaming and social media links in the show notes if you want to discover all about great Norwegian music. It is one of the best music scenes in the world right now. I absolutely love it and I've loved it for the last four and a half years. I'll sign us off by saying thank you to all the venters who've tuned in. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also support our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash venthelpuk. Or you can make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe or buy a Vent t-shirt or buy a ticket to the Just Checking In Podcast live show on Friday, September 29th. All of those links are on our link tree. That's linktr.ee slash venthelpuk. Stay tuned for the next episode of Behind the Mic. 
And remember, guys, it is always okay to vent. Hey!